0: Hey world, I'm Sherry, but people call me Switz. I played Division I collegiate basketball and played professionally in Switzerland and Romania. After playing ball, I moved to Brooklyn and met fashion designer Kimbali at a New York City party. And the rest is history. We are giving dope individuals a platform to share their journey and connect shared passions around the globe. Welcome to the Kimbali Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to the Kembali Podcast, a show that is dedicated to elevate dope individuals, share the journey they have been on, and connect people around the world with shared passions. I am your girl, Switz. Today, I'm happy to have Lenny. This dude right here, he is a DJ who has spun for many artists, ASAP Ferg, to name one. He's a co-founder of a video game museum. He has his own eSports collective, a feature film producer. Damn, Lenny, what don't you do? You're involved in every single field that I think everyone wants to be in.
1: Um, I, there's plenty of things I don't do, but I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) So tell me about kind of how you began this journey and, um, maybe what's the, the first thing that you found out was your passion and kind of how it organically spread to the point that you're at right now. Well, um,
1: I've always, uh, you know, had a passion for the arts, but Mm -hmm. I definitely, thanks to my dad, uh, who was a filmmaker and musician. And thankful for my brother, who introduced me to video games at a young age. Those kind of became my uh, main obsessions at a, a very youthful age. And I definitely had a lot of other, uh, you know, things like sports and stuff uh, that I, I participated in. But I always found myself really interested in going back to these. And um, went to film school in New York. Um, and that's when I started DJing also, kind of at the bars, making money, uh, my young 20s. And, you know, I was a pro gamer in high school uh, for a while and always kind of had gaming on the back burner of an interest. And so basically about five years ago, I realized how uh, popular gaming was being recognized um, and like just how how much it had grown in the last like 10 years. So I started kind of working in that space a bit, doing my video game museum as well as some of my other uh, gaming uh, activations and kind of uh, ventures. Um, yeah, that kind of brought me to here. Um, made a couple movies in the way. Um, some of them are on Amazon Prime, and yeah, just basically uh, been trying to make cool stuff, make some money, and uh, you know, just always be really authentic to what I believe in, what the art's about.
0: Yeah, so so it's in the blood. Your your dad is the one that kind of set the tone. And uh, what sport did you play? By we just kind of glanced right over that. You're like, I was I was sports for a little bit when you were an athlete. What sport did you play?
1: Um, I did all sorts of sports, um, but I was definitely very big into um, wrestling in high school, snowboarding, because I grew up at the base of a snowboard mountain and went to a snowboard academy for a while, and uh, paintball, actually, which is not, like, the most usual sport. But I also played all the traditional soccer, baseball, um, tennis for a while, track and field, of course. Um, You know, I definitely had a nice spread on, like, all sorts of it, just growing up in the New England area, New Hampshire uh, where, you know, we definitely like our outdoor activities.
0: Oh Does that mean you're a Patriots fan?
1: That is uh, <laughs> definitely the truth. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, that's good. Good. Well, then what was the first project that kind of got you started? You said you like, were always around the arts. What kind of lifted it for you? Like, um, was it something that you collaborated while you were in school? Was it something after the fact? How did that start off?
1: You know, one of the first big projects I did um, that I'd say was pretty monumental was um, a movie called Fool's Day. I was one of the co-producers of, which is a short film. Uh, That was like almost, it was like eight years ago now or something like that, 2013, I believe. Yeah, Uh, and ended up getting into Tribeca Film Festival and a bunch of other big film festivals uh, and basically Cody Snyder, uh, the director slash writer of it, um has still been developing it and is working with like margot robbie as well as new line cinema to develop it which was really cool and i think you know sparked a lot of like the uh belief and uh, ability for you know a lot of us young filmmakers and artists at the time that we could make cooler projects that could go far um so yeah that was a big one of the first ones for sure
0: And did that kind of organically link like who you're involved with there went to the next project to the next project? Because there's there's a lot of people watching right now that listening to what you are, they're like, how do I get there? How can I be everything that you're getting involved in? How what's like that blueprint? What's a what did you do?
1: Uh, Oh, so like if you really want to just get involved, um, you just got to show up and be willing to help and be involved and do the work no one wants to do and stay longer than anyone else really wants to stay just to make sure it's done right. And that you leave the right impressions on the right people. Um, There's definitely an investment you take into working in fields that you want to, and are passionate about, you know, there's always work around, not always, but like you, there's work to be done in a lot of places, but when there's specific jobs you want to do, you got to really focus on what it takes to do those jobs, uh, which can be very uh, different. But I just think being passionate and, you know, wanting to see art come to life and you know knowing that you might not always make that money right away but the longer goal is that you'll always be authentic to what you believe in is really you know i think the big step i look for i look for personalities more so than you know necessarily talent always because i think it's the people that show up and want to do it are sometimes the people that end up being the best
0: yeah yeah absolutely and then because it sounds like you're behind the camera a lot and a lot of people you know they throw around the terms but People don't really know what actually goes into the fact like when you're producing a movie, people automatically assume you, you maybe you're the assistant director or something, but it's it's completely different. So like if you had to give somebody in a nutshell, like how something is created behind the scenes, how can you kind of set that scene for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it all comes from a good idea, of course, which is usually the script. So writer put something together. And then there's usually a transition from the script to the screen is what they call it. And that's when it kind of a director gets involved. But it usually costs a bunch of money. So you got to get some producers involved to help you either figure out how to get it or how to spend it or the best ways to do it. Or, you know, what's the right plan of action for the project? So, you know, I think it comes down to like a lot of the best uh filmmakers particularly that i've met um are really good at you know managing their money just as well as managing their art and their dreams and i think that's something people really overlook and because it's art they don't believe in the business but business businesses art too in my opinion mm-hmm. and people handle that well or not well and creatively or not creatively and there's results to that you know and i think that's a big thing when you talk about really trying to move up the ranks um understanding the economy is just as important as understanding the art you know in a sense if that helps i feel like I'm yeah right. yeah no,
0: no. It, it was perfect and it, it sounds like you're the connector it sounds like getting that right person in that place for the money for the project is, is kind of where you come into play would you would you say you've really helped those lines like you said come from a little vision of a script to be at something that's on the big screen like you're, you're the pivotal part
1: There's there's probably more than one of me on every project for all the things that happen is a Mm -hmm. good way to put it. Like, I would say I'm usually one of four or five, even on small projects um, and sometimes bigger ones. It can definitely be more. Um, And, you know, that's the thing. It's 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 like there's a a funny line about filmmaking, which is like there's a million reasons a film will not get made and only a few why it will. And that's why it takes the right group of people who, like, want to see it get made and understand the limitations, but the needs versus the wants. And, you know, um, it's, it's difficult to, like, you have to really live through it and experience it, I think. And it's not something they teach you in school to, that, you know, what does it take to, like, really get someone's trust for an investment for a project um, when it's d- tied to art? And what are the accolades and the returns on that? You know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. do you really categorize that? And that's the thing, I think it is something that like, uh, I'm lucky enough to have experience with, but there's definitely a lot of other people who do it and do it better and have their own cool, unique views, but that's what's great about art, right, is that everyone really brings their own attributes and skills and outlook and experiences to
0: it. Yeah, and then with all of this going on, are you still DJing too?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm actually in the studio a lot, not really DJing too much since uh, the pandemic.
0: Yeah, of course, (laughs) everything's virtual now.
1: Exactly. There's only got the, the virtual Corona clubs these days. kind of thing. <laughs> So um, I've done definitely some live streams with our guys at Audio Mac, um, uh-huh. you know, uh, shout out to Audio Mac and all those dudes that um, I would say uh, in the studio a lot producing these days, um, you know, definitely making more of the uh, original music and things like that. But it's it's been a it's definitely been a transition going from, you know, doing like, you know, I think I did like right before pandemic Lavo in new york uh with my big bro steve powers which is like you know 1500 person nightclub and it's like you know then it's like silence uh but you know that's kind of uh you know that's kind of like you know what's going on with everything these days
0: how did you how did you learn this art now going into the field djing because everybody kind of had had to have someone show them the ropes or were you self-taught how did you come about with it
1: um I played a lot of instruments growing up as a kid, but I learned DJing from my boy JT at the time. Uh, this, and this was like 10, 11 years ago. And he was showed me all the basics. And um, we basically started doing clubs together for like a couple hundred bucks. Uh, and then after doing that for a few years, I met my boy TJ Mizell and Clayton Barmore. Um, and then we basically started a collective group project with some of our friends called Dope Roots. Um, which has now grown into, like, a larger uh, community. And, like, we're, we're kind of as an agency team, marketing team for different uh, branded activities, activations, content, you know, um, basically uh, focusing a lot in the music space for sure. Um, but, yeah, so it kind of just evolved into that. And then, you know, uh, from there, just kept doing the clubs all around New York, started touring for them too. You know, then took it, you know, from New York to the other coast to the other countries and, you know, then started getting more into uh, producing original music, which is where we're at now. Um, Like I did some shows with ASAP Ferg as well as like a lot of like dance music stuff with my man Steve Powers at like WMC and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, was hopping around doing that. Still love doing that, of course. Uh, just so uh-huh. obviously waiting for those clubs to open up again. And, uh,
0: Aren't we all, maybe maybe 2022. <laughs>
1: and club vaccine's gonna be lit.
0: <laughs> oh my God. And so. Who's some of your favorite artists right now, or is there anybody who like you've inspired at the beginning? Like, what's basically if we put your playlist on shuffle, what are we hearing?
1: Ooh, I mean, I like everything from like Daft Punk to Lil Peep. Um, I like you know Blink One Eighty Two. Um, and I like Mr. Wives, uh, you know, I'd say I like have a nice eclectic spread of stuff, especially cause my, my dad worked in a different era of music. So I was really exposed to different stuff younger, but, um, I really enjoy, um, you know, some artists I've really liked these days, um, young Dolph and Keylock and basically the entire paper route, uh, movement, you know, shout out to my boy Dion, um, uh, by the way, he's my homie from uh, Street Execs. Been working with them for a minute.
0: Hey, this is all you. I'm. If you put all, any shameless plugs. You shout out anybody. This is your time.
1: <laughs> uh, that, that, those are definitely the homies. Um, I mean, DJ Cassidy. He's one of my favorites. I'm lucky to work with him all the time. Obviously, you know, if I'm gonna even talk about that. Earthwind and Fire, Cool in the Gang, Sister Sledge, things like that. But that's-
0: taking it ri- way back love it I
1: and mean, that's the thing you can talk about that but then it's also like you know i think the artist pp cocaine is doing huge things right now on tiktok blowing up with her artist naya young her girlfriend who's my homie too um in spain to go who's producing for them so it's like i mean i'll be listening to like everything from you know the greatest music of all time my, you know michael jackson one day to like the arguable music of what's the next thing to come up you know what i mean um definitely um little tj of course he's like a big artist out of new york you know you gotta show a lot of love for him um but yeah there's just like a lot of cool things going on i think depending on what you're trying to find out there um but yeah uh big fan of two of um um big fan of surf messa who's out uh put out some good records on the dance side of things too. disco killers or some homies that they got a uh Bunch of stuff out with Good too, So, which is really big right now. I don't know if you know any of the dance music stuff, but
0: I'm am starting to get into the dance music. Ad- admittedly, admittedly, I'm one of those people that really love Drake, um, you know. But I got to I got I got to expand it, you know. Was was into the bands back in the day and some of the old school music. Uh, obviously, Aretha Franklin. I think that was the first album I ever bought. Uh, so I, I appreciate the fact that it just for you it spans over decades. But talking about the DJ thing again. I don't think people understand how much work, timing, perfection, everything that goes into it. What do you have to say for the folks that think that DJs up there just have, you know how some people like, oh, they just press play. Like, come on now. You're clearly not educated. You don't know what's going on.
1: Some DJs that just press oh. play. So like they ain't wrong. <laughs> so it's like. You're you not know, wrong. It's not. <laughs> so yeah, you know, where's the lie? Um, but I would say, I would say, you know, the thing is, is you can always tell if a DJ's really got that juice, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can tell if the DJ can throw down and get, you know. And that's what's cool about it, too, is that, you know, in the DJ space, the word DJ is very vague, you know what I mean? Uh It's like, there's a lot of people repping it, maybe not repping it, who should rep it. But the thing is, is that um, I think when people got their personality into it, you can always feel it. You can always hear when, like, they got their own little take on things and they got their own ability to show what they really feel about it. Um, And, you know, when you vibe with it, and you can tell they got that experience of of sharing that with people, it can be really cool. So, you know, for anyone who, like, unfortunately, maybe hasn't, you know, heard uh, that right DJ, they're definitely out there, you know, there's always those lit ones, sometimes they're hard to find, you know what I mean. But also, you know, sometimes you might be listening to a DJ now might not sound lit, and he could be the next big thing or whatever. So you never know, too. So, Um, you know, you just always want to see as long as people are passionate and trying to show their their creative side of it and their personality shine through and and show some positiveness with the people. I think that's what's up.
0: Yeah. And then what's the team that you're on? Dope Roots. Dope Roots. Yeah. Because basically, even whenever you said like someone could be that next great thing, but they they need some polish. Would you say that's kind of like where your crew comes in and you help people get to the next level, get them those bookings? Are you a mentor in a sense? What does that look like?
1: Well, no, our crew, like, I mean, we definitely, I got people, I would say like Dope Roots definitely helps many, many people in the music space. Um, But Dope Roots is more specifically a collective of, uh, you know, a group of us that um, most of us uh, on kind of the roster are DJs, um, uh, myself, TJ, Tiga, Rhetoric, and then we also have a number of other people who help us with events and marketing and content directors producers all that type of stuff you know what i mean um but we do our own events where we book other people uh we we definitely would say with our showcases try to help book talent that is on their way up or should be seen you know Not that our events are getting the, you know, level of Coachella attention, but, you know, we like to show that we have a little bit of a a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the space. Especially, you know, homies Tiga and Clayton, definitely, and Jesse, you know, they've all really come through with strong bookings and, like, just really, like, showcasing, like, kind of how cool it is to see that your friends are this in-depth to the music scene, but also, like, we have a platform to showcase it on. And we've been lucky enough to work with artists like Little Peep, ASAP, Ferg, um cousin stiz idk you know a bunch of cool dudes that uh i think you know really stand for uh the authentic music that you know dope roots has definitely been at least uh you know trying to support them on their way up of course and then it's you know a year or two later you see these dudes and they're just like on the faces of the biggest playlists on spotify or you know have billboard 100 records or you know just becoming their own icons in a sense
0: Yeah. And it's a grind. Everyone thinks that it's an overnight success and they don't know the years of grinding of everyone that they've connected. But once they finally make it DJs, because, you know, in America, it's like everyone knows ultra, everyone knows Coachella. Like as a DJ, is there like a Super Bowl event that everyone like hopes to get at or hopes to get booked? Or is it all, like you said, about having your own list on iTunes? What is like the uh, the mecca for DJs?
1: You know, I mean, it depends your genre and what you're doing, you know, um you know it could be Coachella it could be Hot 97 or Summer Jam you know what I mean Uh um it could be WMC it's definitely it's definitely depends your goals too um I think like you know dance music and ultra are very affiliated you know what I mean I would say that like a lot of like worldly music and and uh Stuff like that as for, um, you know, Gov Ball or Coachella. They try to get those mega, like, worldwide titles kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would say, like, it's kind of interesting, though. I think when you do get to a point where you can play one of them, you can play all of them. It's mm-hmm. really funny the way that it can work. Like, it's like, you know, unfortunately, there is a thing with entertainment and art and all that where it's like you're they're not getting booked or you're getting booked by everything. You know what I mean? And there's definitely middle ground and growing spaces of that. But when you get to those Super Bowl level things, maybe the Super Bowl is the thing you're talking (laughs) about, right?
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, Beyonce did the Super Bowl, so it can't be bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's only one basically booking a year you know, or there's like three or four acts per year for that show. And most shows have like a lot more. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd say Gov Ball is super cool. You know, anything at WMC Ultra, you know, is really rad and stuff like that, you know. Could obviously go Tomorrowland, Tomorrow World, whether which uh continent you're in, but uh, you know, all those I think are just real staples for like the culture of what music and like the whole, you know, industry has brought to like a really cool place. Yeah.
0: And then what's it for you, whether maybe you've already done it, but like what what was that DJ moment that you had that you were like spinning in front of the crowd and you just you got that high, like almost like this is it, like uh, you've done the film work, we're going to get into the gaming, but like you felt like this is it, I have arrived in this scene, respected DJ. When was that moment for you?
1: Um, I definitely, there's a few of them. I mean, one of them for sure um, was, you know, doing my shows with Ferg, uh, basically uh, on the Mad Men tour, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely, we did a, uh, a show in Vancouver in front of like, you know, it must've been like 20,000, 30,000 people and definitely never done, uh, like a full opening set or anything like that by myself. And then, you know, for coming out doing the main, uh, set with him, uh, you know, that was definitely like a pinnacle point. And I definitely think the first time I was like, you know, on the bill at Lavo, um, just cause like, I'd been like going to Lavo and, I played like closing sets at Lavo, but like, once, you know, you get kind of on the headliner and biller thing, that's uh-huh. definitely a cool moment. Cause it's like, you know, that, that, that's definitely, they don't do that with all the artists and, uh, you know, it's definitely those were moments, I think, where it's like I'd been in this game for a minute and it was like cool that it's like, you know, these were just things that I'd always wanted. And I've had a lot of other opportunities and work things going on. So when, the, when I, you know, one day you just turn around, and you're like, oh, wow, that's like my name on that. And, you know, that's just it feels really special sometimes.
0: Headliner at Lavo DJing in front of 30,000 people. Yeah, I'd say you've arrived. <laughs> um, so then the other thing I wanted to get in is the uh, the sports world of gaming. I feel like this thing has exploded over the past couple of years. So how were you kind of able to get ahead of it? I mean, the fact that you already have your own collective, you you clearly saw this coming. Like you said you were passionate in it as far as a kid. How did you now get ventured into this world?
1: So, I mean, it's definitely a lot of different things, but what's been really cool is um, you know, one I was able to, you know, I think it's a lot of it is who you align with and who your team is. And I've had guys like Jay and Kevin from my museum that have been not only like helping me but helping educate me um on a lot of the cool things in gaming I might have missed. And esports is a really funny thing right now because the phrasing itself is—it's um, kind of like a buzzword, um, you know what I mean? Um, and basically, uh, uh, the the buzzword's cool because it's showing that gaming is getting a place where you know uh, CNN and MSNBC are really like like prioritizing it as like you know a platform for real financial business business success, but also like culturally speaking, like. No one can even argue that Nintendo and Fortnite and, you know, all these like platforms like Halo that uh, really just like don't uh, have a huge impact, just like, you know, movies, music and other forms of entertainment that today. Um, and if anything, like it's, it's kind of interesting because it's own nuance, you really can't categorize it. Um, but esports is definitely, uh, you know, vaguely used where I think gaming in a sense um represents a lot bigger space and even though i've been doing work with esports organizations i did um right before the pandemic a phase clan pop up on melrose and i also worked with complex and mountain dew at complex con for the call of duty activation that they did where you know they had me come in and help program a past present future gaming installation So it's been interesting to kind of like see how companies are like taking approaches and treating this like a priority. And at ComplexCon, it was cool because we easily had, um, you know, I'd say about 15,000 people coming through a day. It was a full like just completely shut down, you know, almost like we had to limit people at a certain point, try to create lines and stuff like that, which we never thought. Um, So, yeah. And now it's like interesting now because I think with the pandemic, people realize the value in video games and the value in. Sharing that experience with people, um, because just like movies and just like music, these things, you know, at some point can be identified as like bad things or or, you know, very like polarizing things or whatever. But I think at the same time, you can see it as like a positive way to spend time and share time with people. Be an
0: outlet (laughs) blowing shit up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah or or the thing is too is people don't talk about is like uh there's senior citizen homes that are now implementing like uh gaming for some of their patients because it helps them basically keep their minds sharp it's amazing yeah i mean there's a lot of like positive um, problem solving and like just basically like sharp mindset uh, this that can come from playing some of these games that you know aren't just spoken about or really even, you know, looked into too much, just due to the nature of it being taboo for a decade, you know? So it's cool to see it
0: change. So since you've been playing for a while, what's the one game that you most definitely would kick somebody's ass in? What's your go-to?
1: I mean, that's most
0: games. (laughs) Dang, you must, you are super confident and I love it. All right. All right. Let me give you an easier. What's your, what's your favorite childhood game? Growing up was one that you were addicted to for a while.
1: I've been addicted to a lot of them for a while. Uh, but I can definitely say, uh, when I was younger, um, spent a lot of time playing, you know, obviously the hits, but definitely had some soft spots for some games like jet grind radio, uh, which I have a a custom Kambali t-shirt dedicated to that, which is pretty
0: cool. Shout out Kambali custom.
1: Shout out Kambali. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then, uh, I also am a big fan of Halo series. That was really iconic. Also have a custom Kambali shirt for that.
0: Yeah, dang.
1: Yeah, it's paid custom $300 order, you know. Um, And then basically, uh, I have a couple other games too. Counter-Strike's a big one. Call of Duty 2 was the game that I went pro with like my best friends, base, which was a, you know, a big point in like why I saw gaming as a special thing. Because it was a very underground thing at the time. But yeah.
0: I loved Mega Man. Do you like Mega Man?
1: Mega Man's a great series. Absolutely. There's a bunch of Mega Man. So, I mean, Mega Man X is, in my opinion, one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Mega Man?
0: I, I mean... I got to be honest, I mean, I don't want to give away my age and all, but like it it had to have been the original because I was playing next to that with Aladdin. Do you like I had like the old school games on the Sega Genesis? I loved uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I loved being tails when you were sliding down the loop. Um, But the reason why I appreciate what you're getting into right now, because I was the same um, as everyone wanting to be spectators right now. I just loved watching my older brothers play. You know, like I got entertainment out of watching somebody else, you know, something that they were good at. So whether it be a sport or these other things that we're talking about, I just I feel like it was almost meant to be like this esports to grow up. Right.
1: I mean, it's like, why? Why is it strange to watch a top level skill set or even just a general entertaining setup of anything? Right. We watch cooking shows, even though we're not cooking. Like, you know what I mean? It's like we watch sports while we sit on the couch. It's kind of like It's really not that out of the context, as long as you're interested in what you're watching, it it usually connects well with things, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's shout out some of the top people, right? Because everyone knows about Ninja, but who's like the other LeBron James of the world right now? Like who's somebody that you're like, if you want to get into it, go, go watch this kid.
1: Um, I mean, like, there's a bunch of, like, you know, you could always say Tfue. I think he's kind of, like, more entertaining than a lot of the big names. Um, Clips, Overthrow, um, those are two homies of mine. Um, Clips is the founder of FaZe Clan, and, you know, he'd always be killing it on TikTok and stuff like that. Um, I personally, um, I've been big into, like, the Animal Crossing streamers. Um, There's a dude named Planet Boo, I believe, B-U, the, yeah i'd have to it, double ooh. check that yeah but he's like i think it's really cool because like he he just go finds cool islands and like just gives his take on it um so have been big into that and then um
0: you still picking yourself over everybody you just mentioned you still picking yourself if there's a head-to-head matchup oh
1: uh, well here's the thing this is all i'm gonna say <laughs> if you were to put me in front of like 10 games against anyone i would win the majority of the game
0: I was waiting for you to say I'd win 10 out of 10 times.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't, I'm not saying, listen, like, sure, I think, like, on Fortnite, like, I'm sure Tifu would give me a run for my money, like, just being honest. Not saying he's going to beat me, but, like, he's a professional player, like, I do other things now. But when it comes to the overall, like, skill sets of all games, like, I would generally be saying you're betting on the wrong horse if you're not saying me. And I'd put money on that with almost any game except for like Minecraft because that I'm not sure how I could win at. But um, yeah, most games I would—I mean, it's just literally—I'm good at all video games, and it's you know I destroy people's dreams in video games on a regular basis. But but that's why I started this company to help. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm running this company because who else knows how to win at all video games except me?
0: well, multiple things for that matter. Uh, but that's kind of what I want to leave it on because like I said, there's a lot of people here watching this want to be in your shoes. You know, you mentioned about always showing up, always being available. Um, but you have be become a master at turning a passion into a business. So if you could just kind of share a little bit of words of insight of the person that wants to come up and be the next to you it might be different fields, but, um, just give them a little motivation, a little pep talk, tell them, tell them what's up and how they can get there.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, you're just going to get there by getting up and getting there and realizing you're going to get lost a few times and you're going to get broke a few times and you're going to mess up a few times. And then you're going to realize maybe you're not going where you want to go or maybe whatever. But the point is, is you just got to believe in yourself and know it's better than not giving it a shot and not trying. And you just got to be patient because. When you're thinking about the rest of your life, what what's the, you know, if you're thinking about it from the rest of your life versus a few years investment. Like it's not that crazy to think about. So you just gotta, you just gotta keep going on and keep willing to do the work people don't want to do and keep willing to, you know, sacrifice and, and focus and, you know, just believing in yourself.
0: Yeah. And you said, uh, I love what you said there. Like, don't be afraid to make some wrong turns. Like you might, you're going to fuck it up, right? Like <laughs> you're going to screw up a few things. Like what's a, is there anything that you think back on where like in the moment where like it was a failure, but like how you didn't let it get it down or it led to the next big, big thing? Like I, I'm, I can't imagine everything that you've been through in your journey, but like what's something that like you overcame?
1: No, I mean, I've overcame, you know, I think like what's interesting is that it's, it's like you can easily like. Overcome the idea that like this milestone is going to be the end of everything, and it's like it's not like you know you don't really ever get your find your way out of the woods. You just like enjoy running through the woods kind of thing. You know, it's like, you know, you're never really out of like the work of it or the 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 toughness of it or the stress of it. You just got to know it's something that you really want to do, and that's why it's worth the the stress and it's worth it because you're gonna like everyone's going to stress at a certain point. It's like, would you rather have, you know, rich problems or poor problems? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Would you rather have other people's problems or your own problems? Like, it it sounds like you
0: really enjoy being in the moment. I like how you said there, like, don't worry about running through the woods, like enjoy being in the woods. Have you noticed yourself always reflecting back on being present, leading with gratitude?
1: As much as we all can, right? I mean, like, I don't think I'm perfect. And I gotta, you know, meditate and read and write and do all the healthy stuff. And, You know self-care routines you know what i'm saying uh that i think everyone needs to of course
0: now more than ever
1: (laughs) i exfoliate you know what I'm.
0: you exfoliate is that why your skin is looking so good you're glowing up here
1: there we go (laughs) you know how it is
0: yeah pharrell said exfoliation and super cold water apparently that's the secret
1: (laughs) yeah cold cold water is good for the skin that is true um but uh yeah basically uh you know i think it's really just about you know you got to just do your best in the moments and nothing stays the same. So you've got to keep moving too. And you know, it's, it's sometimes, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like things are working out, but sometimes it's just cause like, you know, you just are missing a few little pieces that might be right under your nose too, or right around the corner.
0: Awesome. Well, honestly, cannot thank you enough for being here today. I know you are a very busy man, probably a ton of meetings to run off to. So we're going to let you go. uh, But I am Switz. That is Lenny. Thank you for tuning in. Keep it up with us on the next couple episodes. Later, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the Kimbali Podcast on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Kimbali Podcast. Kimbali gear can be purchased at www.kambali.com. That's K-E-M-B-A-L-I-I.com. And you can stay up to date on merch drops by following the Kimbali brand on IG at Kimbali underscore. New podcast episodes drop every Monday at 7 a.m. See you next week on the Kimbali podcast.